0: If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you.
1: Isaiah 26, I'll be reading verse 3 and verse 4. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and verse 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's keep our hearts and minds open to hear what God has to say. And now the word of God reads, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. I want to talk about the peace of God. I don't know about you, but in this trying world, in this evil world, we need the peace of God. Everything that we do requires God's peace. Amen. Yeah. And when God took me back um, to this, it's so much going on with the election. There's so much going on with sickness, with disease. It's just so much going on everywhere. So God. Um, Gave me this portion of scripture, and sometimes we say that we're in peace, but God's peace is different from the world's peace. When you look at this passage of scripture, Isaiah, which is a prophet, when he was speaking on this, when he was getting this from the Lord, this was talking about in a time of tribulation. This was talking about when tribulation was going to hit the earth. But When you look at this passage of scripture, he began to talk about the peace of God. And this is what I want to talk about because I want to encourage believers in the Lord in the time of your difficult situation, no matter what you're going through, there is a peace of God, even in the midst of it. When we look at this verse, it said, you will keep, this is God. God is the only one. I want y'all to understand this, not man. God is the only one who will keep you. God is the only one that will keep you, and you have to keep that before you because some of us, is we're waiting on a man, we're waiting on a woman, we're waiting on, could be your children, it could be waiting on anything to keep you in peace, but it's God. It is God that will keep you in peace because he's the God of peace. Matter of fact, in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, Jesus is the prince of peace. It is because of Jesus that we can be reconciled to the Father. That is why why peace is reconciliation. Jesus bought us peace so we wouldn't be enemies with God. So when we accept Jesus, we have this peace. Amen? So it's because of Jesus that we have peace. He is the Prince of Peace. But we have to understand who keeps us in peace. When you look at that word keep, See, you have to take the word of God and you have to break the word of God down to understand where Isaiah is coming from. When you look at keep, it means to guard. It means to protect. It means to watch. So it says that God is going to guard us. Y'all catch it. He's going to protect us. He's going to watch over us. When you go back to the Bible with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, They, God kept them because they were not going to bow down. And I want to talk about, you just don't bow down because you're thinking that's going to keep you in peace. You just don't uh, agree to something to keep the peace when it's not coming from the word of God. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew the commands of God. When you know the word of God, you just don't bow down to keep world peace. Understand what I'm saying? There's a peace that God gives us that even in the midst of death, we can be at peace. But some of us, we bow down because we say, I'm not ready to die. But when you're dying in the Lord, it's okay. Because you're doing a work for him. This is why Paul says that, you know, he rather. what is the scripture that says he he not died daily, but to die is to gain. But then to be with you, Paul had a choice, but either way, Paul knew that that choice that he made was what in the Lord. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they told them, when you hear the music, you got to bow down to our God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to that God because there was no other God that they would worship except The living God, God himself, God almighty, Jehovah, the self-existing one. So what did they do? They put them in a fiery furnace. They put them in the fiery furnace because they would not bow down to their image, to the God that they were serving. When they got in that fiery furnace, matter of fact, before they put them in there, they said, I want you to make this seven times as hot. You got to understand when you're not going to bow down to the things of the world, the enemy is going to come at you. With some things one by one and the pressure is going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. But when when you still refuse to bow down, it's because you know God is watching over you. You know God is going to be the one to protect you. You know God is going to be the one to keep you. That's why it says you will keep. See, I'm breaking down that word keep to let you understand no matter what situation you are in, God is the one that's going to keep you. He's the one that's going to preserve you from danger. He is your light and your salvation. Whom shall you fear? He is the strength of your life. Whom shall you be afraid? God is the one that you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You're abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty. You can say, you can't even say that until you know him. So you can say that he's your strength. He's your refuge. He's your present help in the time of trouble. Because he's the one that's keeping you. My husband can't keep me like God can My husband cannot do for me like God can Understand that he can love me. He can cherish me just like Christ cherished the church. But it's going to come a time when the Bible says that children is going to forsake their parents. Come on, y'all. Parents going to forsake their children. It's going to come that time because we don't know that God is the one that what? Keeps us. God is our keeper, y'all. So we got to look at him as keeping us. So what happened? The ones that made the fire seven times as hot, they died. But when they put Shadrach, Meshach, in that fiery furnace, they saw another man walking around with them. And they knew that it was the son of who? God. And they come out not even smelling. Come on, y'all, because God kept them. God was the one protecting them. When you know who your protector is, you can be kept in. I haven't even got to that yet. When you get to know God, when you know who he is financially, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of your children cutting up, in the midst of your job, going through on your job, you got to know that God is the one that's going to keep you. So you don't bow down to things that do not line up with the word of God just to get a paycheck. I'm talking to somebody. You don't, lie, you don't bow down to those things. The one you bow down to is God. So the scripture says you will keep him. God will keep us. He will protect us. He will guard us. In perfect peace. That perfect there don't mean complete. It means shalom. It means peace, peace. Go look at Hebrew. It's shalom, shalom. That means he's multiplied. You will keep him in shalom, shalom. Come on. He will keep you in shalom, shalom. That means that peace means that he's going to keep you with multiplied of peace, undisturbed peace, a peace that's calm, a peace that's quiet. God is keeping you in shalom, shalom. In these difficult situations, shalom is there. The peace of God, y'all, is there. There's a quietness. There's a rest even in the midst of your trouble. This is why Jesus said when he was getting ready to leave the disciples, come on, when you've been around somebody for so long and you experience their love and you know you have that peace while they are they are around you, you know you have that joy, you know you feel that love. They give you everything that you're missing, but finally one day they say, I have to leave you. I have to go be with the Father. Come on, Jesus gave them some reassurance in John 14, did he not? He said, my peace I give unto you. My peace I leave unto you. He said, I'm not only giving it to you, but I'm going to leave it here with you. Why? Because he knew we needed this peace. He said, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to leave it unto you. He said, not as the world give it unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What was Jesus saying? He said, my peace is not like the world's peace. My peace is a peace that even though you're going through, he said, you're at peace. He said, the world's peace is a peace that says, I want a calmness. I want to know everything is all right before it's all right. That's the world's peace. But God's kind of peace gives you peace while you're in the storm. Why everything is tore up from the floor. God give you peace when it looked like you're, you're getting ready to lose your house. You're getting ready to lose your car. God give you peace when your children are cutting up. God give you peace when your body is going through something and you don't know what's going on in your body. God gives you that kind of peace. That's the kind of peace that we have. But we're not drawing off of God's peace. We're drawing off the world's peace. How do I know? Because we're waiting on man to make something all right. You cannot wait on man to make something all right when they don't know Jehovah Shalom. When they don't know the God of peace. Their peace is when COVID calm down, I'll be at peace. That's the kind of peace they have. When we get COVID under control, we can be at a rest. But how many of us that are children of God, that even in the midst of COVID, we can be at peace. You can be at peace even in the midst of what's going on in this world. Because you know the God of peace. When you truly know the God of peace, you don't let things disturb you. You don't let things change you. Come on, Abraham knew the God of peace. He had um, an undisturbed peace even when they were in strife, his herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. He gave Lot a choice. He said, Lot, if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left because they're supposed not to be any strife amongst us. We are brethren. So Abraham was at And that's what God want us to be at. He want us to be at peace even in the midst of the storm. Why? Because we know that he is our keeper. He is the one that protects us. He is the one that defends us. And when we depend on God, we can have shalom, shalom. We can have complete peace. We can have perfect peace because we depend upon God because he is a God of peace. That's who he is. He loves us so much, he wants us to be at perfect peace. He wants us to be multiplied with his peace. He wants us to have some undisturbed peace. He wants us to have his kind of peace. Not like the world give us, but he wants us to have his peace. All of us in this room, and you cannot say that you haven't been worried You cannot say that you haven't been disturbed about things. You cannot say that you haven't been anxious. You cannot say that you haven't been weary. You cannot say these things because all of us from the pulpit out to the congregation have been disturbed about certain things that come upon us or certain things that come upon our loved ones that try to come in and take that peace. But guess what? They cannot take. What God has given us. But what we do, we turn that over to them. And I'm going to get to the next line. You will keep him in shalom, shalom. Whose mind? This is the key. Whose mind? That word mind means thoughts and imaginations. Whose thoughts and imagination? Now, let's talk about this mind. Your mind will take you to Egypt. Your mind will take you to a crazy house. Your mind will take you to sickness and disease. Your mind will take you to lack. Your mind will take you to all kinds of things. This is why we have to go back to the first part of that verse. You will keep him in shalom, shalom. Whose mind? We have to take our thoughts and our imaginations and we have to focus on him. The one who keeps us, the one who protects us, the one who watches over us. That's where our mind has to stay. Whose mind is stayed? Stay means to lean, to depend. My mind got to link. Y'all don't get it. My mind, my thoughts, my imaginations have to lean, that's what stay is, to lean and depend on who I know is keeping me. Who I know is watching over me. Who I know is preserving me. Who I know is my present help in the time of trouble. Even in the midst of the storm, my thoughts and my imagination have to lean on him. Have to depend on him. Have to trust in him. Why? Because I know he is my protector. I know he is my peace. He is the most high God. He is a healer. He is a deliverer. He is a protector. He is who he says that he is. So I have to keep my mind. Whose mind is stayed on you. And I'm going to be honest. When we focus on things outside of the word of God, it is hard to keep your mind. Because you don't let your mind go so far out there, being more sensitive to the things of the world than you are sensitive to God, your mind is no longer leaning and dependent on him. Your mind is leaning and dependent on what they're saying And not what God has already said. We got to understand, God is not going to change his mind. God said, I change not, even in the worst situation. God said, if I said it, I'm going to do it. If I spoke it, I am going to make it good. He said, because I'm God and not man. That I shall lie, neither the son of man, that I shall change my mind. My covenant will I not break nor alter the things, nor change the things that have come from my lips. God said, I'm not going to alter it. I'm not going to change it. He said, heaven and earth, they're going to pass away. He said, but my word is going to remain the same. God's word is above his name. His word is forever settled in heaven. It's settled, it's firm. It's going to remain it's going to stay the same let's go back again you will keep him in Shalom Shalom you will keep him you will guard him you will protect him this is God saying this I'm gonna protect you I'm gonna guard you I'm gonna watch over you I'm gonna keep you in Shalom, shalom. he's keeping us in Shalom Shalom God is keeping us he's protecting us in Shalom Shalom Why are you worried about your money? Why are you worried about what's going on with you when he is Jehovah Shalom? Have you gotten to know Jehovah Shalom? I know a man that got to know Jehovah Shalom when his brothers betrayed him. When they didn't like him because he was speaking On what God say that he would be doing. They were very upset with him. So they sold him into bondage. Which is Joseph. They put him in a pit. But I believe in the midst of the pit. That Joseph was in. I believe that he had some shalom shalom. Come on anybody that's in a pit. It's dark in that pit. You don't know what's in that pit. Because you can't see what's in the pit. But you know that the Lord of peace, the Prince of peace is with you because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. See, the promise, the the problem with us is we want God to take us from something. But we don't want God to take us through something. Let me tell you something. We want to get from sickness. God don't want us to have it, but it comes. Amen. God, take this away from me. But God say, in the midst of your sickness, in the midst of your trouble, I'm going to take you through so you can see my mighty hand that I am. See, we want to be taken from, but we don't want to be to go through. Christians, our prayer is, God, take this from me. Jesus said that. He said, God, let this cup pass from me. If it's your will, let this cup pass from me. See, we want everything to pass from us. See, we, want it, we don't want to go through nothing. I don't want to go through no financial. Who want to go through a financial situation. But we need to say, God, I'm in this thing. Now I'm thanking you for taking me through this thing. Because you are Jehovah Shalom. You are Shalom Shalom. So all of us want him to take something from us. But we don't want to go through it. So Joseph had to go through. But in the midst of him going through, even in the midst of that pit, they couldn't keep him there. They couldn't keep him there because God had a destiny. He had a plan and a purpose through what he was going through. God got a plan and a purpose through what you're going through even right now. Some of you don't understand why you're going through and you're in the pit right now. But give God glory while you're in the pit because he's there with you while you're in the pit. Quit complaining about your pit because God said, I want to take you to the palace. So he was in the pit, but he couldn't stay in there. Because that was not God's plan. See, you have to say, God, this ain't your plan for me. This ain't what you told me. See, this is why you got to be connected with God every day. So when things come in your life, you say, no, 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 no. God, this ain't what you said. This may be what I'm in right now, but I know this ain't what you said, so I know I'm coming out. So he was in the pit. He had to come out the pit and guess what? They sold him into bondage to Potiphar and he was there serving Potiphar. But guess what? Everywhere this man went, God favored him. He had the peace of God upon him because he knew the Lord of peace. So what happened? The devil was in the midst of him and lied on him. Then he had to go to prison. Have y'all looked at the situation where you see innocent people, They're serving God, going through more than this troubled world look like they're going through. And sometimes you wonder, God, I did nobody wrong. I always tried to do what's right. At least I thought what I was doing was right. But it seemed like I'm always the one getting the short end of the stick. Is anybody with me? Seem like I'm the one that's being ridiculed. I'm the one that's being talked about. I'm the one that's going through something. But God said, in this world, you will have what? Trials and tribulations. He said, but you need to be of a good cheer. He said, because I already been through what you're going through. And you need to know that I have already overcome. already overcame these things of the world. So why are you pouting? Why are you down? I'm telling you, be of a good cheer. So how can people look at you and you cheering like a cheerleader for God? And they're saying, are you crazy? Don't you see what's happening in your house? Don't you see you about to lose your house and you in here giving God some glory? They just don't understand. Because see, if you've been with him, and you got an intimate intimate relationship with him, and it's so intimate beyond everything that's going on around you, you can rejoice. You can give him glory, and the more you rejoice and the more you give him glory, the more you see yourself already out of that place. Come on, look at Paul and Silas. Because he spoke to that spirit of divination and that girl was free. They put him in lockdown. But even in lockdown with Paul and Silas, they began to pray. They began to sing praises unto God. And not only for them, it was for the ones that was in the prison. The Bible said there was a suddenly and all the doors of the prison began to open. So when you begin to give God glory in the midst of your storm, you giving Him glory because you feel the peace of God that has come upon you in that storm. And you begin to shout. You begin to raise your voice with triumph and say, God, I don't like what I'm going through. But I know, God, that you're doing a work even in the midst of what I'm going through. Who like to be talked about? Who like to be ridiculed? Who like to be lied on when you know that ain't you? I don't. But you give them glory. Because guess what? God said, vengeance is mine. I shall repay, says the Lord. So when we look at this, he said, whose mind is stayed on you. Our mind, our thoughts, our emotion have to be leaned and dependent upon God. I've been through too much to give up. Have anybody been through too much to throw in the towel? I don't know about you, but it's many times in my life that I just want to say, forget this. This ain't work. God, I'm going to be honest. I ain't asked for all this. God, you chose me. You chose me. So I'll I'll say, God, now you chose me, so you let me know what you want me to do. You tell me what you want me to do in this situation, and that's what I'm going to do. That's leaning on him. That's dependent on him. I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like to be lied on. I don't like to be talked about. I don't like to appear a way that I'm not. But, God, if I have to go through to bring somebody else out, God, here I am. Here I am, God. Use me for your glory. Because, see, some of us want to preach, we want to teach, we want to sing, we want to dance before the Lord, but you don't want to go through nothing. You got to go through something in order for God to make you and mold you into whom he will have for you to be. We don't want to go through nothing. See, in my life, I've been through some things. Oh, you young, you ain't been through nothing. You ain't seen what I seen. You don't know what I've been through. You ain't been in my house. You ain't inside my body. You ain't in my mind. You ain't in my thoughts. You don't know what I go through. Young people go through too. But God, give you what you need to get through it. And when you go through it, you can help someone else. Who's going through? You going through may not be for you. Just like Jesus went through, it was for us. And we act like that Jesus ain't went through nothing because we acting like we don't have nothing. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. We can have this shalom, shalom when our mind is stayed on Jesus, our mind have to be stayed, have to lean, have to depend on Him. This is why the Bible says in Second Corinthians ten, what does it says? What does it say about imaginations? Casting down. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God for the pulling down of what? Strongholds. These strongholds are in our mind. These are these walls and these fortresses that's built up through our thought life, through our imaginations, through the way that we think. You can think of things so long it becomes so much a part of you, you begin to believe it. This is why fear is false evidence appearing real. Why? Because you thought on it so long, it is real to you. A woman can think that her husband is cheating on her with no proof, and it becomes so real every day. She said, I know you're cheating on me. I done seen it. I seen it in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. I saw you go in and I saw... You done build up a whole fantasy in your mind. And what the enemy is doing, he's allowing you to project what he wants to happen. He's allowing you to see what he wants to happen. Why is he allowing you to see these things? Because there's a root to you seeing what you see. It go way back, a lack of trust. See, when you go into a marriage, when you had uh, another man before women, and you didn't trust that man, and you didn't get your mind renewed, you didn't cast down these thoughts These imaginations that were building strongholds, that were building high things in your mind. You didn't pull them down. So the next man you get, you comparing him to what you used to have. So this man got to deal with your past life. He got to deal with your messed up thinking. He got to deal with these strongholds. This is why you got to know what a stronghold is. It's an area in your life. It's a fortress. In your life that you have built up through your thoughts, through your way of thinking that exalts itself above the word of God. You got to cast it down, bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You do not let that wrong thought get away. You wheel it back in and say, that's not what the word of God says. There's a root to all things. In order for our minds to stay on him, we have to cast down things. That are not of God. How do you know things that are not of God? By the word of God. If you're not in the word of God, anybody will say anything to you that sounds good, that looks good, and you will accept it as good. Everything that looks good ain't good. There's no one good but God. So we got to understand if you're not in this word and you don't know really what this word say, you cannot agree with everything until you can get the revelation for yourself. This is how the enemy is building fortresses in our mind, y'all. He's making us think things that are not true because guess what? We talk about it all the time. Anything that you talk about all the time that has hurt you, that has disappoint you, disappointed you, you're building a fortress in your mind because you won't shut up about it. you got to get rid of that thing and you got to say, God, what do you have to say about this situation? God, what do you want me to do about this situation? Because the enemy wants you to set up something that's not true. So we have to go in the word of God and know to guard our thoughts. So it says, whose mind is stayed on you. There was a man, and I don't remember this man's name, but he wrote the song, It Is Well, With My Soul. And he was talking about peace like a river. This man, when he wrote this song, what happened was he lost his four daughters. They got drowned in sea in the sea. After he lost his four daughters, before that, his son had died and his businesses got messed up. So this man began to sing this song, Peace Like a River. And I don't remember all the lyrics, but he began to sing that song because he said, It is well, it is well with my soul. How could he say it was well with his soul? Four daughters dead. The businesses he had was messed up, but he just began to sing before the Lord. Why? Because he knew him. Why? Because he had shalom, shalom, even in the midst of the storm. So a song come out of that. Listen at Isaiah 48, 18. If you had obeyed my commands, you would have had peace like a river, abundant and overflowing. Good things, your righteousness would have flowed to you like the waves of the sea. See, when you obey God in the midst of your storm, that's when you have the flow of peace. Like a river. The reason why the church can't have peace in the midst of this evil world. Because when you're not listening to his commands. When you're not listening to what the word of God has to say. The flow of peace is not flowing. You're not getting shalom, shalom. You're getting worry. You're getting doubt. You're getting confusion. The Bible tells us God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of peace. So we have to understand that when you don't go by the word, you are going to have confusion. When you don't go by the word, you're going to be anxious, you're going to be in doubt, you're going to be in worry. But when you go by the word of God, there's a settling, an undisturbing peace that come to you that cannot be disturbed by what it sees. Even though you're looking at it, you're not disturbed. You're settled. This is why. How can two walk together unless they're agreed? If me and my husband are walking together and he's at peace and I'm in turmoil, we're not in agreement. My husband can't be walking with even his wife if I'm not in agreement with the peace that God has given him. Because what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to take that peace, and which I can't. Because it's the fruit of the spirit which is given to him. But I can disturb that peace. See, the enemy want to disturb your flow of peace because when you get the word of God on the inside of you and you trust in God, I'm going to that scripture, yes. trusting in the Lord. Amen. Let's go to that verse before I go to that scripture. Let's go before I say that I want to go here. You will keep him in perfect peace who mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. My peace, my shalom, shalom comes from God and I have that peace in the midst of a storm because I'm leaning, I'm depending on him. My thoughts, my imagination is leaning and depending on him. My focus is on him and why? Because I trust in him. Trusting again is leaning and depending. When you trust a person, you're leaning and depending on that person for guidance. This is why he says, what is it? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with what? Trust in the Lord with what? It's a heart thing, y'all. Trust in the Lord. Lean, depend, rely on Him. Have confidence in the Lord with all your heart. Why did he say with all your heart? Because everything, the issues of life comes from your heart. So everything that you think upon is going into your heart. The more you think a thing, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. The more you think that you're not going to have, you won't have. You're building that up in, in your innermost being. So when things begin to happen in your life, you can't have that peace peace. That peace that God has already given you is being disturbed by your worry, by your anxiety, and you saying, "Why do, do I not have a calmness? Why do I not have the peace that God has given me?" Because your mind is not stayed on Him. Your mind is not stayed and leaning and dependent on what He's saying. Your mind is leaning and dependent on what your bills are saying. Even though my bills look way out there. God, I'm giving you glory because your word tells me what I need to do in these times and I'm doing it. So I thank you, God, that I have your shalom, shalom. I'm calling on shalom, shalom right now. But what do we do? We try to figure it out. Well, I'll do this to pay this. Well, I'll move this aside to do this. Who's doing it? We're doing it. When you let God do it, we say, God, you already know. God, I want this peace to flow like a river. You said if I keep your commands, this peace, this shalom, shalom, it's going to flow like a river. It's going to be undisturbed. So God, it's something that I'm thinking about that's disturbing this peace that you have given me. Because it's not flowing like a river right now. It's stagnated. God, what's going on in my life to keep this peace that you have given me, to keep me stagnated where I cannot move in your healing, in your deliverance. God, I want everything that you have already given given me. So what's disturbing my peace? It could be your husband. Could be your wife. Could be your children. Could be your dogs. Your cats. Could be your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother. It's something out there that the enemy used to disturb your peace. And you need to stop and say, What's disturbing my peace? What's keeping my peace from flowing? Y'all know when a river flows, it flows until it's what? Backed up. Y'all know how we would have these storms over here in Pender County? Them dams be flowing, don't they? And it seem like they can't stop them up. <laughs> Is that not right? Everything be flooded, right? The peace that God give us. It's supposed to overtake every storm that would even try to come at us. That peace, like a river, is supposed to come in and hit it so hard that we're just riding through the storm. So we need to ask ourselves, who or what is disturbing my peace when I lay down and when I get up? What's disturbing you is, is what you're thinking on. When you lay down, because you're going to wake up with it. So we're supposed to let the word of God be our guard. We're supposed to let the word of God bring the life to us that God has given to us. Find out what's disturbing my peace. Do you know you can have a devil in your house? Living right amongst you, disturbing your peace. That's why you got to rise up and say, I say, peace, be still. I ain't playing. You ain't going to disturb my peace. Sometimes you got to do like Deacon Rick. Enough! Sometimes you got to say, I have had enough. I love my husband, and I know he loved me, but he ain't going to disturb my peace. He ain't going to get me all wound up, and he's sitting there eating a bowl of Captain Crunch. He ain't going to do it. Mm-mm. This means war, y'all. And I'm pretty sure he's not going to let me disturb him because I know when I'm disturbing him, he just look at me and don't say nothing. Say (laughs) so. Now you got me riled up because you ain't saying nothing. Sometimes you don't need to say nothing. Then he let me know you look like a fool. Oh, thank you. Because he ain't agreeing with me. Y'all know how it is when you all wound up and people don't want to agree with you and you feel like a little nothing because nobody won't say nothing. Say something. Tell me to shut up. Say something. Come on. All of us in here have disturbed each other's peace. Every realize I probably disturbed your peace. Especially when you want to cuss somebody out and I tell you that you can't do it. just just get out of here she bringing shalom shalom i don't need that right now have you ever been in a situation you so so hurt and somebody want to pray with you and it go in one ear and come out another because you don't want that come on somebody you don't want that kind of peace i'm mad right now just let me be mad but see god brings peace in the room And they don't want that peace to come in the room. This is why you have to, as the people of God, you got to bring God's peace in that room. Oh, man. You're carrying God's peace. And you're walking right there and not doing what God wants you to do. You're not allowing that river of peace to flow out of you. Oh, man, this is so good. I have to give you what God has given me. Why? Because I'm the first partaker. And I want to share this. Because I have some undisturbed peace sometimes too. I have anxious thoughts too. Some people think that ministers, people that teach you, nothing don't go on in their life because they look like they pretty much okay. They look like they got it going on. They look like they, people don't know. You see the glory, but you don't know my story. You don't know when I toss and turn. You don't know when my phone is ringing off the hook and you got to give somebody some answers on a daily basis. See, it's more than just getting behind the pulpit, delivering the word of God. Because the higher you go in him, the more the warfare is going to get turned up. So we have to put our trust in him, trust in the Lord with all your heart. God said, I want all your heart. I want you to lean and depend on me with all your heart. I don't want part of your heart to go to your husband and your wife and then give me the other part. I want all of it. I want all your heart. I don't want no other God before me. Can you give me all your heart? I don't want, God don't want me to say, Oh, I got enough to pay this bill. Now you get out there and cut some more yards and, and power wash some more houses and we'll be all right see i'm giving part to god and i'm giving part to him i got to give it all to god and say god this right here is doing this house god you told me in your this is what you told me that i have abundance and no lack god you told me if i give it shall be given unto me god you told me these things now god i expect from these things. I'm not looking to him to do this or do that. I'm looking to you and whatever you choose to do in this situation, do it. When I give him all my heart, I'm not waiting on a man or a woman to do it, but God will touch their hearts. God know who heart to touch to give you what you need. Let me tell you how good God is, y'all. God know your needs from afar off. When you trust him and when you're in his peace, when you have shalom, shalom, Jehovah, shalom, a God of peace, when you're doing things, you know how sometimes you get things done in your house and you say, these things need to be done, but I don't want to spend this on that right now because you never know what could happen. See, that river ain't flowing like it should because you basing what's going on on what could happen, right? So that's disturbed peace, is it not? So me and my husband was getting some things done in the house and we knew we had to pay for what was getting done. And sometimes you get that thought in your head, okay, when I pay this, something else might pop up. But I left it alone. I said, God, no matter what pops up, God, you are who you say you are. And if we want to get something done in this world, it takes money to get it done. So, God, whatever, leave my hand. You're going to put it back in my hand, so I'm going to give you glory. I'm just going to have my, y'all, I had some undisturbed peace at the amount. Guess what? I'm in the yard walking the dog. What is it about me walking these dogs? I'm in the yard walking the dog, and as I walk the dog, I see somebody pull up, and they pulled up in a Mustang. I said, oh, them people coming to see old Jeremy. Because Jeremy was out there in the yard, too. I said, they coming to see Jeremy. So a nosy mama like this. Who is that? You know how you try to be nosy but not nosy? So you like this right here? So I I said, they're coming to see Jeremy. He need to get in that yard. I ain't going to see who that is. Check this out. I'm trying to dial Jeremy to say, who is that? Jeremy trying to dial me. Next thing I hear, Jeremy, mama. I said, why are you calling my name? Mama. So I'm slowly getting around there with the dog. So I finally walked up there and I found out who it was. Let me tell you how good God is. This person told me I was going down the road. And the Lord told me to turn around because I miss your anniversary. And I come back to bless you. Let me tell you about some undisturbed peace. You can't have undisturbed peace until you Trust. See, some of us think when we give up something, we're not going to get back anything. But when you give the way the Lord tells you to give and you release it, God is going to release it back to you where there's nothing missing, nothing broken. That's Jehovah Shalom. Undisturbed. And guess what? It's more common. Because when you obey God, let me go back. Let me go back and read it to you. Isaiah 48, 18. If you had obeyed, he said, if you had obeyed my commands, you would have had peace. Oh, my Lord. Like a river. If you're not having peace like a river, you have not obeyed his commands. Because if his command is be still. And know that I'm God. That means in the midst of what you're going through, he wants you to know that you're God and there's still a quietness. There's still an undisturbed peace that you're going to have in the midst of that situation. Come on, if this world is not doing what you think it should do, come on, begin to open your mouth. Begin to pray according to the word of God. And say, God, you said that you would turn a king's heart. Yeah. God can turn anybody heart. Yeah. Do y'all know how we turn people's hearts? You don't get out there and talk about what they're doing. Sometimes people already know what they're doing. I'm telling you the truth. Sometimes people don't know what they're doing. God may open your mouth in a way to let you know. But prayer. Prayer. You have to pray. You have to pray the word. See, God loves everybody. God loves everybody. No matter what color you are, no matter what you did last night, no matter what you didn't do. He died for it all. Our problem is some of us got hate in us still. I said it you still lingering on what happened to you a long time ago. It's a stronghold there. It's a stronghold of hate. Because if you really let it go, you're going to speak in love. You're not going to speak in hate. You can tell when people are speaking in hate. You can tell when people have not let go of the hurt that they have because it's the way they present that hurt. You have to listen In the spirit. And you'll know what you're dealing with. You'll know the root of what's going on. People are having undisturbed peace. They're having their peace disturbed because it's something under there. It's a root to it. It's a root cause to why their peace is always disturbed. That's why you need to go to God and say, what is this root cause? To my peace being disturbed. What is it, Lord? What's keeping me in this place with my husband? What's keeping this, me in my place, this place with my wife? What's keeping me in this place with my child? See, my peace was disturbed when it came to Jeremy, my son. And I talk about Jeremy all the time. And it's just a testimony to other parents that let you know all of us go through with our kids. And just because I minister the word of God or I'm a pastor does not mean that I have perfect kids, y'all. Nobody has perfect kids. Every child mess up. My children mess up. But it's my job when they mess up is to encourage them in the things of the Lord so they can grow up in him. Jeremy disturbed my peace. I ain't gonna lie. I thought I knew God the way I need to know him. But that boy, he disturbed my peace so much, he bought stuff out of me I thought I got rid of. And I did not cuss because I was not a cusser. But he bought stuff out of me that I thought I got rid of. He bought stuff out of my husband that I didn't know that was in my husband. And I share these things with you and my husband don't mind because if his peace is disturbed, mine is disturbed. So we got to work together for that peace of God to flow in our home the way it need to flow so it won't be disturbed. I want undisturbed peace in my home. So he has to help me. I have to help him. Let me tell you how I helped him, and I'm going to tell you how he helped me. My husband was getting ready one morning, going to work, and him and my son was in the same bathroom. How do you know when you get so fed up with a child, they can do something simple and you're ready to knock them out for no reason? Anybody? Don't act like you ain't been there. Something simple. My son done something simple. I heard my husband in that bathroom with my son. I said, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. My husband, he couldn't do nothing but calm down. You remember that, honey? Let me tell you about me. See, I, we, we can talk. I can talk about me too. I ain't, I ain't ashamed. He had disturbed my peace so much. Quisha may know this. I remember him and Quisha may. I love Quisha may, too. She know I love her just like a daughter, but I tell her the truth. And I know she loved me, but sometimes they not want to hear from me, but I'm going to tell you. Here go Quisha, big as a tick, Karen Yana. I believe she in my recliner and Jeremy on my couch. They laid out like they didn't need to work. I'm in my office before Jesus, trying to have some shalom, shalom. But them two in there act like they're taking a praise break. <laughs> so this mama get up and tell Jolly Green Giant, if you don't get your big behind off my couch and go look for you, a jo- Mama, I die that, Mama not, get out. From that day forward. My son has not been unemployed for a long time. <laughs> but that ain't the kicker there, okay? I didn't deal with what, the, what was underneath, right? Didn't deal with it. So one day, he done something else, y'all. He done something else. I'm in my same place <laughs> studying. Oh, this time, I already talked to my husband and said, Honey. You don't have to get loud with him. You just got to meet him where he is. We don't need to be hollering. We don't need to be doing all this. That's what the devil wants us to do. Now we're just going to stay calm and, you know, we're going to minister to him the way we need to minister. That day, I was keying in my stuff from the Bible. I took that keyboard and I slammed my hands on it and stood up and I even scared my husband because he said, What in the world is going on up in here? I looked at my son. I said, get out of this house. And matter of fact, naked you came. Naked you're going to leave because even the drawers you got on your behind. Since you're so grown, boy, and you say you a man, a man don't stay in the house with his mama. I'm going to help some of you parents. You're going to respect me. What I said was right, but it's how I said it. I was so fed up. Naked you came, naked you leave. Oh, he slammed my door. I said, oh, you slammed my door? Oh, it's on and popping now. You slammed my door? As soon as I sat back down, you know how you get in there, let us pray. (laughs) Yes, Lord, yes, I'm mad. But I heard the spirit of the Lord say, he said, go back and apologize. For what? This is how I talk to God. For what? You know he wrong if a man don't work. God knew I was giving him word, but he says the way you gave it to him, you turning him over to the enemy. Now, I want you to go apologize to him. Okay. I apologize to my son. I told my son I was wrong. Y'all, from that day, the Lord taught me how to talk to my son. And me and my son, of course you know how me and my son is, right? We're tight. It got so tight, y'all, everywhere we went, it was him and y'all. Me and my husband couldn't go, and he just a-talking. I said, can you just stay home sometime? You take that baby and go home. Why every time we go somewhere and then the lord say is not is this not what you wanted yes lord so when they wouldn't come hey you going today today you going with us baby we can talk now some things i don't want to hear i don't but god allowed me to minister and guess what happens i know how to let shalom shalom flow because I keep his commands and as long as I'm keeping what the word says I'm getting the life of God flowing through me and that's the peace of God the life of God is the peace of God so what am I telling you guys when you trust in the Lord with all your heart you don't lean on your own understanding you don't lean on what you think or how things should be you lean on him you acknowledge him in all your ways and the Bible say he shall direct your path. God know what we need when we need it. Our peace is disturbed because the Bible says, he tells us in his command how to keep Sir so Solomon, Be anxious for nothing. He said for nothing, for anything. Wait a minute now. God said he would take the impossible and make it possible if we believe. Now that's the impossible right there. When he tell you. To be anxious for anything, that means he's telling you, be anxious for anything but through prayer and supplication with make your request made known unto who? Why am I making it known unto God? Because he's the God of peace. Then the peace of God that passes all understanding. Y'all, God is so good. We're, guard. We're going back to that verse. Remember I said God is the one that keeps, he's the one that guards, he's the one that protects. Then, the, then he will guard your heart and your mind through who? Christ Jesus. So see, we take these verses literally and we don't break them down. Because right now, we want God to take something from us instead of saying, God, I'm going through this. But I know shalom, shalom is here with me. And I want it to flow like a river. I don't want it to be stagnated no more, God. I want this peace and the peace is already there, but it's stagnated because we're being anxious. We're being worried. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to work it out. And God has already worked it out. Some people look at other people's lives and think because they drive nice cars. They got a nice house. They wear nice clothes. They think that they're okay. Those people are going through some things. But they're getting through it because they're depending. They're leaning on God. Don't get mad at those people. You don't know the higher they go, the more devils come out. So we have to lean, depend, we have to trust in God, and then we will have that peace that's flowing like a river. God told us in, go to, I want to make sure I give it all to you, (laughs) go to Psalms 37.3. Here it is again. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord, and do good. Amplified, classic version version. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and feed surely on his faithfulness and truly you shall be fed. Look what we're feeding on, his faithfulness. But you got to lean on him. You got to trust in him. You got to have confidence in him. This is what I see now in this world. If I have more money, I'll be all right. Your money can't save you. If I just get, um, you know, a pay increase, I'll be all right. I'll be able to make it through the storm. Have you ever heard such foolishness from from Christian folk? If I can just get this right here, if I can just win the lottery, I'll be all right. No, you won't. Because you're dependent on mammon. That's the spirit of mammon. You're not leaning and dependent on God. God, whatever state I'm in, I have learned. That's what Paul said to be content. You have to learn to be content. Don't get mad at people who have gotten over the hump. Cause you don't know what they went through to get where they are. Some of us don't want to go through. We want God to take something from us, but we don't want to go through something. You have to go through some things to see the hand of God. And when you see his hand, you can help somebody else to say, I may not be going through what you're going through right now, but I know what I've been through. And I know if God took me through this, he can take you through that because he's still God. He's Jehovah Shalom and he's going to give you Shalom Shalom in your situation. If you just trust him, if you just lean and depend on him, you will get Through this storm, you will have rest. You will have undisturbed peace that God... This is how we're supposed to minister to God's people. We don't supposed to say, God, take this from them. God, give them the strength to go through what they're going through. I remember in a service, um, God had me to teach on the Holy Spirit. And when I was teaching on the Holy Spirit, God told me to go to Brother John. Y'all remember Brother John? told me to go to Brother John, and I laid hands on Brother John because John had asked God for something. And God told me to lay hands on Brother John. When I laid hands on Brother John and I spoke what God told me to speak, John was like a chair. Do anybody remember John's position? He was sitting like a chair, I believe, like this. And as he was sitting like that, he stayed in that position forever, and it looked so unreal. I felt so sorry for Brother John. So he, he looked at me. He said, Help me, Pastor. So I'm sitting up there listening, looking at Brother John, and in my mind, I'm like, I know his leg's hurting. So I'm going over there, and I got ready to touch him, to say, you know, release. And the Lord said, take your hands off of him. I just took my hands off of him and went back to my position. God said, because I ain't finished with him yet. What God was doing with Brother John, John said that whole night, God was dealing with him. John told y'all his testimony. This is why I say you have to be in the spirit. People thought, oh, I want what God is giving brother John. Brother John, I tell you, God is really doing something in you. I see God at work in you. And they did not understand what God was doing, brother John. God was delivering brother John. And finally, when it all come out, I believe some of y'all who worship brother John, you worship brother John. I remember I had brother John to come out and do, uh, preach on, just preach, just play acting, preaching. The church was up in an uproar. Thank you. Hallelujah. I said, John, we're playing with y'all. And y'all, somebody went to John and said, oh, you wasn't playing that was God. No, he was playing. Cause I asked him to, you didn't know the difference. And Brother John told you what was going on with Brother John. Brother John, he told you, and I'm going to tell you again. And why am I saying this? Brother John was stagnated. He knew the areas he was stagnated in. He knew the areas that he wanted to come out of. And every chance he said, I got tired of you coming to me. I got to, he said, every time I would see you, I wanted to run. But God would catch him he get knocked over some chairs. I got pictures with Brother John hanging from chairs. Because he was running from... Because he said, I don't, 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 don't come to me, Pastor. Don't come to me. Don't mess with me, Pastor. But it wasn't me. It was the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord knew what John needed because John asked for it. So when John began to share with y'all what was going on, he said, I would leave church and I would go smoke marijuana. Y'all remember New? He said, y'all thought... That what was going on with me was like um, I wasn't being delivered, basically. But he said God was delivering me from some things and people was trying to hang on to me. And he said I was trying to get away from what I was doing and what was going on in my seat. So what people were doing, they were looking up to Brother John more than they were looking up to me. They were going to Brother John for counseling, which God showed me all these things. You better be careful because you don't know where people at. You don't know what's behind the scene. Sometimes everything that looks spiritual is not spiritual. So you can't look at it like that. Just because somebody fall out don't mean that they just falling out just to be falling out. There could be a silence. Deliverance that's going on with that person. You don't know. That's why we have to grow in the things of God. And this is why God is teaching today about peace. Because God want us to have this saloon, saloon. Y'all ain't seen nothing. How many times have God come in this house, miracle temple, and gave you things before they have happened and told you, you got to be in your word of God because these things are coming upon the land and the doctors can't even cure them. They're not even going to know what to do. Then he come in and say, people that you think is, ain't. God is going to be exposing a lot of people that you even follow Come on, all of this stuff is coming up and coming out. Why? Because God loves his people. And some people act like they haven't even been told these things. Newsflash. So you have to have peace in these times. Because I'm going to tell you again. Man cannot fix you. They can't even fix themselves. Look at inflation. Look at things that's happening. They got to blame somebody. Come on, somebody. If he done one thing to fix this, something else could get out of whack. He's only man. If you get a Republican in the office or you get a Democrat in the office, we want what God want, right? But everybody ain't right. Who say they right, people? Everybody ain't right who say they're right. You can have a man that say, I'm Jesus. And you vote for him because he's a Jesus. And he get in there and be Beelzebub himself. They come as angel of light. So you got to have a relationship with God to know what to do and how to do it in this troubling world. And you got to learn to depend on God no matter what. Because men, men are subject to change, men and women. That's why you got to know who you follow. That's why you do need to vote. But you better know what you're doing when you do it. In school, I don't know about y'all, but when we get them little tests, you got to circle them little dots. Y'all ain't gonna lie, I just put anything. I got tired. Y'all don't don't play with me. I got tired. I'm like, I'm tired of looking at these dots and look like they're running into each other. And by the time they got my paper, it was all colored out the line. Now, some things I knew, y'all know y'all did it too. Y'all know. Surely in goodness and mercy gonna follow you with that one because y'all know you did it. But you can't do that when it depends on voting. You can't do it. And I'm gonna say this to Miracle Temple in closing. Do not let nobody disturb your peace in voting. Do not go in war in voting. Churches get in warfare with each other when it comes to voting. When daddy said what he said last Sunday, he said this in love. To help the ones to know how to vote. A lot of people saying things in love to help you to know how to vote. But you still got to make the choice. And you got to know what choice you have made. And the only way you're going to know, you got to know these candidates too. You can't just, oh, she pretty. Oh, he's, he, sure you're right. You got to listen. Yes, I do listen to news sometime, but the news ain't my God. I may not listen to it like everybody else, but the news ain't my God. You got to listen to enough of it to know what to do and what not to do. So the spirit of the Lord can tell you. You got to know. But you do not force anybody to do anything. And then you don't make nobody feel guilty. Hello, somebody. We speak truth and love and we don't get mad at each other when these times come around. We supposed to walk in love. And you don't supposed to be asking people their business. You can already know their business by how they act and how they talk. And can I tell y'all something, church folks? Man will come in and try to take from you. But that's when God's glory is revealed. Because God always have a plan. Gas prices went up, y'all still rolling. When the famine come upon the land, you're still going to be eaten if you obeying God's command. And you're still going to be at peace if you don't have number one slice of bread. Amen. And some of us going to say, may the Lord watch over this loaf of bread while we're absent from one another. Come on, let's just be real. Somebody that didn't want certain things, like Sister Nee, she's going to be eating from that. Or she's going to say, Willie, just get prepared to send me home. She's going to eat from that if that stomach get real hungry. We say what we won't do. She say what she won't do, Willie. Really. A lot of us say, I ain't eating them leftovers. If that's all that's left over, thank you. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, I'm inquiring that taste. Hallelujah. Don't say what you won't do in any given situation because you will know what you're going to do when you get in it. Amen, somebody. So, God is a God of peace. And being that He's a God of peace, we're supposed to be at peace amongst each other. See, I had that scripture to let you know I'm not just up here talking. Do not let anything disturb the peace that we're supposed to have with one another. Do y'all hear me? You don't let that come in between you. No voting. No, nothing come in between the peace that we supposed to have with one another. Everybody have a choice and nobody have the right to take anybody's choice. God created us with a will and a choice. No man should take away your choice. My husband, can he take away my choice? I can't take away his choice. Whatever he chooses, is going to be on him when he stand before the Lord. So I want y'all to understand that, but we want to stand for what the word of God tell us to do. We want to do it according to his word and we will have shalom, shalom, amen. Give God some glory <clears throat> for his shalom, shalom. So when you go home, go in that house and get rid of everything that's disturbing your peace. Now, wait a minute now. Don't divorce your husband or your wife. (laughs) Don't mess with them children. I'm just saying there's supposed to be a calmness and there's supposed to be a rest in that home. Amen. Do we have any announcements at this time or any visitors that would love to stand at this time? Do we have
0: Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.